Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to ASHTO Resource Q&A. I'm Brian Johnson. And I'm Kim Swanson. Brian, we have another FAQ episode. We haven't done one in a while, I feel like. Yeah, I don't think we've done one of just me and you. Hopefully this is educational for people and that they enjoy this episode. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we've had a couple questions recently regarding the use of our logo, as well as issues regarding publicizing a company's accreditation. So like we've gotten enough of these questions recently where I think it's time for us to address it on an episode of the podcast. Yes. And we have had separate podcast episodes, I think in season two or season one, and I'll put links in the show notes to those episodes about publicizing your accreditation. And I believe also about false claims of accreditation. And we do have um, policies on our website about these things specifically that I also will link to in the show notes. But I agree, we've been getting a lot of questions, so I think it's time to dive back in and share some more thoughts on that. So let's deal with the false claims first. What does the ASHTO accreditation program consider a false claim of accreditation? False claim is any untrue or exaggerated statement uh, that is made about uh, one's accreditation status, whether that be intentional or not it is still objectively a false claim if we find that that happens. And then how do we generally discover some of these false claims of accreditation? That's a tough one because we don't have a regular process for that. You know, like most of the things we have a regular process for, you know, we perform assessments every so many months. We perform annual reviews once a year. But certain things like false claims and third-party complaints, they happen when they happen. So like, Uh, I'll give you an example. We've had times where we've gotten contacted by people saying that there is somebody claiming to be accredited that is not. Then what happens is we look into it and figure out if we can objectively determine that that is true. If so, we go through the false claims process. Another thing that can happen, and this just happened the other day, is I got a uh, unusually urgent request for accreditation that indicated to me that this person may already be claiming to be accredited when they are not. That is a red flag for me. So, of course, I start looking into it. Okay, well, they seem like they think they're already accredited or may have told somebody that they're already accredited. Let's see if they are overtly claiming to be accredited. So, of course, I look into their website and I find information on it that indicates that they are claiming somehow or obfuscating that they may be having some relationship to accreditation or certification or some some relationship that doesn't exist with our program. Or it could be a location of their laboratories that they might be implying are accredited through our program or a standard that they might be implying or stating directly that they're accredited for that they are not accredited for. So there's all kinds of ways that things can be falsified, and none of them are good, obviously, (laughs) and we need to figure them out. So, uh, all right, so I didn't really answer your question. So I'm going to (laughs) go back to that. So they can be a third-party complaint, 
or we can stumble upon them. So like the one I mentioned where my spidey senses were going off, that there might be an issue and I looked into it. So there's another way. We don't have like as part of our annual review process that we review the company's website to make sure that they're not making any false claims. Like that is not currently part of our process. So it is it is kind of a spot check kind of thing, but that is our process currently. So it, it is a process and people do have due process. So like if we look into it and there's no problem, obviously there's no problem. They won't hear from us. They don't they don't even need to know that we got a complaint. But if we look into it and find an issue, then we have to follow up on it. There is a couple points that I want to break out from our listeners here. There's the implied, right? The, so it can be totally unintentional that the organization and laboratory is implying that they have more accreditation than they don't. It could also be a terminology issue that, and I think we see this a lot. I know I see this a lot. And I think we've had episodes about this. The difference between accreditation and certification. And I think some people don't quite understand that. The lists on their website and promotional materials that they are AASHTO certified or that they are AASHTO resource certified or CCRL certified. And that's not, those aren't correct statements, right? So that would also kind of be a false statement of accreditation because they're not certified. AASHTO accreditation program does not certify individuals. So that is a false claim. So I think there's a couple of things about that as well. Like it could be just, I think most of the time we see these or I see, see this happen is when it's completely unintentional. Perhaps somebody in the marketing department just did their website wrong, or perhaps it was, you know, that they are seeking accreditation. And so they just went ahead and say, yeah, we're accredited. And so they just put the cart before the horse a little bit. But we do have malicious intent sometimes where people are trying to to pull one over on other people and say that they're accredited and when when they know that they're not. Um, but I think for the most part, it is kind of the unintentional or the ambiguous, implied, general, like, yeah, we work with them. It's like, not quite, you can't quite say it like that. Yeah, I can tell you almost every time I've dealt with this, I get, it, whether this is true or not, I get the explanation that the marketing person or the website person didn't understand the terminology or thought they understood what was going on or, or didn't wasn't aware of the policy. Regardless, they usually fix it within the seven day period that we have in our policy. You know, they need to take care of it that week. What I run into occasionally is that people say all the right things, but then they don't fix it. And that I can't know the intent, right? I can't know the intent, but it's not a good look. So if somebody is saying all the right things, but in the end, they're not willing to make the change, then guess what? That's a false claim. And that's, we're going to, we're going to put you on the false claims table or false claims list on our website, which I, I, I also want to talk about how we need to make that a little bit more prominent. Mm -hmm. um, we don't get a lot of people on there, a lot of companies on there, but it is important when somebody goes to our directory that they see that that is a thing so that hopefully they go there first to see if they're dealing with a false claim, if they're not sure. There's always that situation where we we don't know what's going on unless we find out about it, which sounds obvious, but there could be false claims going on. Somebody could be submitting a bid for a contract and they're claiming to be accredited. We have no idea about any of that stuff. We don't get those documents. We're not aware. So unless somebody reaches out to us and says, hey, this happened and here's the evidence and we don't have anything to go on. I think like a big, a big challenge is getting people to understand that. We also don't know all the 
agencies and organizations that require accreditation. So there could be a county or a school board or a, a business that has requirements for accreditation and they may get a bid for a contract that includes a, a homemade certificate, right? They may not even be a customer of ours doing something like that. And unless they go to the directory and look to verify the information, there's no way they would know. So like, that's the one thing that we really want people to understand is you have to go and verify it, not only to see that that is legitimate, but also to see if there are suspensions. And if there are suspensions, that should be a problem. A suspension is a temporary situation, but it needs to be resolved. And if you are getting a bunch of bids from companies and some of them are suspended and they can't give you a good explanation of why that is or they won't share with you the information about it and what they're doing about it, that should bother you. I can't tell you what to do. It's up to you. Ultimately, if you're the one doing the hire, making the hiring decision or contract award decision, but that should bother you. Yeah, I think we can't overstate how important it is that agencies requiring and specifying accreditation actually verify it because our certificates when uh, when somebody prints it out will have the date and time that that accreditation was so if you get a certificate that is you know 10 months old that's not accurate <laughs> because it may nothing may have changed but that's not a current uh, view of their accreditation because our directory does get updated at least once a day with the current information. So if there's any changes or suspensions, that information is made available publicly relatively quickly. Now, Brian, I have 30 minutes in my head, but is that has that been changed? How often is the directory updated? We've had to change it because of different loads on our <laughs> our <laughs> web resources. So at times it had been 60 and then it was 30. I think we're back to 30 now. So it's not immediate, but it, I mean, it just... I mean, within the hour is pretty close to immediate when you're talking about something that is a big process like this. That is an excellent point. And so you briefly talked about the false accreditation page that we have on our website that lists any organization that we are aware of um, that may be falsely stating or overstating their accreditation and haven't taken the appropriate steps. So can we, you walk our listeners through kind of the process of once we are notified or once we discover a false claim of accreditation, what steps do we take? And then what are the steps for the laboratory? We reach out to them and I, I let them know that there's some problems and I say, okay, you know, please take care of this. And and depending on how it goes, like I, I sometimes send a very formal notification that has like, okay, you must resolve this within this date. If I see it's just out of date, I usually go a little lighter on my notification and say, hey, I noticed this out of date, but this is a problem. You know, please take care of this. And if I get a good response and I don't need to say, okay, you have seven days to do this, unless they don't do it within the seven days. And then and then I say, listen, you're supposed to do this within seven days. I need to do it like right away. Because a lot of times when you're communicating with people about those kind of misstatements that are innocent, they feel that you're threatening them by coming out hot with the like here's the consequence if you don't do this and, and it's like that's we don't really want that if we don't have to get if we don't have to be threatening we don't really want to be threatening especially if it's a misunderstanding but ultimately we, we just want resolution we want them to do the right thing they do the right thing great we let them know it's resolved if they don't do the right thing they go on the false claims site 
and I will say that is not the end of the problems for a laboratory that does that. Let's go with that example I mentioned earlier, where somebody's desperate to get accredited. They make a false claim on their website. They say all the right things, ultimately don't do it because maybe that bid's coming up soon and they need it. They just need a little longer so that they can get through this and they'll do it afterward. Of course, they're not going to say that to me, but but that, let's say that's the scenario. It's important we take care of it and, and list them on there, on, on the directory. But it's also a situation where like, okay, this is the kind of person that would do this. We don't want them in the program at all. So I we are inclined to not give any services to a laboratory that acts that way. So if they're going to make false claims, they should look elsewhere for accreditation services. We do not need those kind of laboratories bringing our program down. So it's not simply a matter of being listed on the false claim site for a while. There could be other concerns that that laboratory has, like not even being customer at all of ours, if that's something they want to do. You know, maybe it wasn't their intent in the first place. Maybe their intent was just to pretend to be certified or accredited or whatever the, whatever wording they thought they needed to use to get through a certain time period, uh, which obviously is not acceptable. Normally, most people take care of it right away. Like in everything that I've been dealing with, there's a few instances I can think of where they were on that false claims page for a while as I'm the one that updates that page. <laughs> so I'm like, man, we still have something there. But what's the part of this? Because you've been here way long with ashto way longer than i have that sounded like a dig and i didn't mean it that way but you've been to ashto been with yes i am old um (laughs) yeah i mean that that's pretty much it is people take care of it ultimately like if you look at the false claims accreditation page the there are no false claims of accreditation right now because people take care of them they don't want they don't want when somebody searches for their name on the internet they do not want that to come up in one of the hits is they, they're listed under our false claim. So so yeah, usually people take care of it right away or or they just kind of like fade away. But yeah, I mean like in 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 the case of our website, just the lack of false claims kind of tells you that people take care of it. In the false claims policy, some of the the examples that we have listed of like what is not acceptable are for acceptable wording, I think we'll share because those are the most common we, yeah. we have. An example is uh, your organization is recognized by the ASHTO accreditation program. That is not an accurate statement. Um, another example is that your laboratory is ASHTO resource accredited. Also not true. It's ASHTO accreditation, not ASHTO resource accreditation. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier that our technicians are ASHTO certified. Also false. And our asphalt is, or product or material, is AASHTO certified. Let me talk about that one for a second, because I do get questions Mm -hmm. all the time from manufacturers about how to get AASHTO certified or some AASHTO branding on their products. Mm -hmm. That is not something AASHTO does. It's not something AASHTO Resource does. It's not something anyone else at AASHTO does. They're not AASHTO certified anything. There's a NetPEP program that exists, a National Transportation Product Evaluation Program. That program does not certify products either. They have processes, and we have a multi-episode series on what NetPEP does that you can check out if you're interested in learning more about that program. But they also don't allow you to put SLAP and AASHTO certification on your products. So like that's just not something AASHTO does. So it's really important that people don't 
try to say that like that would be a big problem because that that implies that we have somehow approved these products to be used by DOTs or by Federal Highway Administration or by somebody else and we just we just don't do that. If our listeners are thinking, well, I thought there was something like that. They were probably thinking about a program that NetPEP does and that they should go to and search for more information on that because that you're correct. There is no certified products, but there is a list of evaluated products or something. Evaluated products, correct. There, there is a list of products, but they are not certified. So again, some people may be listening to this and, and like, you're getting into the weeds about what this word means because doesn't evaluated and certified mean the same thing? No, they do not. So again, I'll encourage you to look listen to the terminology episode that we had uh, when we go into those details a little bit more. But if you're thinking that you thought there was a list of some products, there is, but it's not what we're talking about here. So just be aware of that. And then the last example that we have on the, in the policy is tricky. And I think I want you to get into a little bit more in details about this, Brian, that our laboratories are AASHTO accredited. Now, that seems like that's what we've been talking about. It's saying that our laboratories are AASHTO accredited. Why is that in a list of unacceptable statements? Many of our customers operate in different places. They might have multiple facilities where they do perform testing. They might have site facilities where they perform testing or project facilities where they perform testing. AASHTO accreditation is site-specific. If you go to the directory, you'll see the address of that laboratory, and that is the only one that is AASHTO accredited. So if you say vaguely our laboratories are AASHTO accredited, that may or may not be true. If you are a third-party testing agency, that is probably not true. You probably need to be more specific about which locations are accredited. However, you may have one facility and not do any testing outside of that facility. And if you said our laboratory is AASHTO accredited and you got one lab and that's where it is and everything matches up, that is not a false claim. So if that's your situation and you're worried, don't worry. But if it's not your situation, you need to fix that. So one way you can do it is you can say a lot of laboratories, they have a page that has all of their locations. And you might on your front page say, you know, several of our laboratories are AASHTO accredited. Go to our locations page to see which ones are, and then you can denote which ones are and which ones aren't there if you want to do it that way. Or you could link directly to our directory and say, you know, several of our laboratories are AASHTO accredited. Please go to the AASHTO website to to see, you know, what we're accredited for or something like that. That's a good way to do it. Then you don't have to worry about it. Because that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be our website for the foreseeable future. So unless that, unless that changes, I'm not saying it's impossible. But if that ever changes, you know, you'll find out and you can update it then. But uh, that way, you don't have to mess around with like, oh, they're suspended or they changed their scope of accreditation or we dropped this location or we moved this other location. It makes it a little easier. So there, there are easier solutions. And I think if you are submitting a bid for a project or doing something like that, we do have on our directory uh, the ability for you to bookmark a page for your laboratory's accreditation. So there's a direct, unique link that you can send or you can put on your website or you could put in your email signature line saying that our lab is accredited and have a link right to it. 
So you can do that. And that I do suggest people do that if that's helpful to them, right? So just um, so they don't have to search. Here it is. Here's the link. Here's it. And it's the, sta- the, the correct and again, updated every half hour to an hour. So that is important. But yeah, I think some people get very confused about how, well, we have one lab that's accredited. Well, okay. Yeah. But you have 20 labs in your in your company and only one of them is accredited. So you can't make the claim that all of your laboratories are accredited or be vague and say, "Our we have an AASHTO accredited laboratory, but then not say which one, right? Because you can't infer or imply that it, it extends farther, the scope of accreditation extends farther than it does. So anything else before we move on to the topic adjacent of publicizing your accreditation? The last thing I want to point out is when I see these pages that include the vague false claims that are probably written by a marketing person that doesn't really understand the details is they often will throw the kitchen sink at the website and throw every logo of every company they know that is loosely affiliated or used by that company. And I would recommend that people do not do that. So that, that leads to other false claims, right? So you may claim to have some affiliation with a county government office or a certification program of technicians. Uh, I've seen that plenty of times where they say our technicians are all certified. That's probably unlikely. The other situation that we see is they'll say we are CCRL certified or they'll throw CCRL's logo on their website. They'll throw Ashto's logo on their website or the uh, old, uh, you know, maybe even an old AMRL logo on the website, <laughs> you know, if it's really, then that's when I really think that they're out of date. These kind of things can be a problem. We're n- Now, we're not going to make them fix every single one. Like I've seen ones that'll have like, like, you know, we're certified by the county. And it's like, well, your county doesn't do that to my knowledge. But it, but I'm not really going to get into the details with them on that because I don't, that's between them and the county at that point. But I, I do store it away in my head and think, okay, they are, they've got some issues beyond what we're talking about that they should really take care of. So anyway, I would, I would just caution people away from making any of those kind of claims about any organization, not just AASHTO accreditation. And that does cast you in a negative light from an integrity perspective. So it's important you get it right. Yeah, and I think that segues kind of nicely into how to publicize your accreditation because there is an AASHTO accredited logo for laboratories who are AASHTO accredited to use. And so your promotion of your AASHTO accreditation should only really include that AASHTO accredited logo, not the AASHTO resource logo, not the AASHTO logo, also not the CCRL logo, right? So like, well, you may get assessments or proficiency samples from AASHTO resource or CCRL, putting their logos on your website or on your promotional material is not stating actually anything, right? Like that is not the appropriate use of those logos. But if you are AASHTO accredited, then you use the AASHTO accredited logo. So when laboratories are newly accredited, we do send them the logos that they can use for that, I believe, or they can request them. And you can request them at any time. If you're updating your promotional materials, you can request and we will send you the appropriate logos to use. And I believe a link to the policy so you know that you're not uh, misusing those and so we can help ensure that. So I think that that is good. But why do we care so much about how people use our logo and how they publicize their accreditation, Brian? 
like you said earlier, the words matter, terminology matters. Uh, make sure that everybody understands what's going on, but also that as far as the logo is concerned, uh, there are implications that come with that that we need to preserve. The Ashto accreditation seal or logo that you mentioned is really important to us, and it can only be used by Ashto accredited laboratories for the purposes that it's intended for. Any other misuse of it could create confusion. And I think that this is the second part of our conversation is like using those logos on things that are not appropriate. So we did get a request recently that I, I'll, I'll specifically talk about. I won't mention who it was, but somebody asked us about, it was an innocent question about use of our logo on apparel. They had their own apparel that they wanted to order and they wanted to use the Ashto or, or Ashto accreditation logo to say thank you to their technicians for doing such a great job with the assessment. Now that sounds innocent enough, right? And it sounds like a nice thing to do. However, one concern that we had with that is, does that then down the line sound like those technicians are certified or that there is some other implication of qualification or recognition through ASHTO or the ASHTO accreditation program or ASHTO resource on those technicians for doing whatever they did? Or does that mean that they are certified because they, quote, passed the assessment, which is not a thing? And I know we hear that a lot is that we passed the assessment. It's not a pass fail. But we, we want to make sure that there isn't confusion about that. So it's important that we control the use of those logos, especially the ASHTO accreditation logo. So it's not misused. And even in our policy, we say, you know, it can be used in these certain instances, but if you if you deviate from those instances that are specified on our website you or on our, our policy, you need to reach out to us and ask for permission, which this person did to their credit. So mm-hmm. I, I think this person did all the right things. Uh, and and the answer was no, and they accepted, and that's that's good. But we're sharing that information with you on, on the podcast because others might have those similar questions. So like that's that's what I love about having this platform is that we can get those questions and, and we can talk about it. And it goes to not just that person, but anybody else who has similar questions. I love the thought, right, of the the thought process behind, oh, you know, they quote unquote survived the assessment and, you know, like we want to recognize that. And I think that's a great intent from an employee engagement and appreciation standpoint. However, that's not the appropriate way with uh with the logo from Ash- an Astro accredited logo um shirt. Uh, I will say our staff Ashto Resource and Ashto staff may have shirts with uh, variations of our logos on it, but that is the extent. We don't really offer anything else with the Ashto accredited logo. Now, we have promotional materials that we'll hand out at trade shows or when we go to the Ashto Resource Technical Exchange, we'll have branded things on it, but that's the Ashto Resource logo and not the Ashto accredited logo. So I think we are fairly protective over that logo. But again, we don't want to imply anything and we don't want others to infer things based on the use of that logo in non-traditional ways. Let's get into the weeds. What are the three types of logos we have just for clarification of Ashto, Ashto accreditation related logos that one may have seen 
so you may see the Ashto accredited logo, um, which is a fun little checkmark A looking thing with the words Ashto and accredited beneath it. And that logo is for Ashto accredited laboratories to use in promotion of their laboratory's accreditation, right? So you can put that on your promotional materials, on your website, um, on your test reports, if that covers the scope of your accreditation. Again, that gets into the weeds a little bit about what you're actually accredited for and whatnot. But then there's also the Ashto Accreditation Program logo, which has a similar little logo icon, but then has the words Ashto Accreditation Program. And that is what uh, we will use internally to identify the AASHTO accreditation program. We'll use it in social media and we'll promote the AASHTO accreditation program with that logo. And then there is just the brand mark, right? So there's no text below it. It is just the icon or graphic of that yellow and red checkmark A scenario. And again, we will use that, AASHTO will use that in promotion of the program. But the only icon or logo that outside agencies or organizations should be using is the Ashto accredited logo. When appropriate. When appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the brand mark for our apparel mm-hmm. because I think it looks weird when you have all the little text, like especially when it's really tiny and you can't read it anyway. I don't think that's great. So that's typically where it gets used is on clothing. That's not to say that we'd never be in a situation where we just we give out items that have our logo on it, but the Astro accredited one will never be used in an inappropriate way. Like that's one that we that is a protected logo. So it is possible that at some point you like if you went to some. I mean, we don't do this now at the technical exchange, but we've talked about, oh, maybe we should have shirts at the technical exchange that we give away. And they have the Ashto resource logo on them or something like that. And, you know, that's appropriate. And and I also like using the logo for the event. And I think coupled with that, it's clear that that's, you're not making any implication other than this person went to this thing that we put on and enjoyed it enough to wear the shirt or, or just has a shirt that they like to wear when they're doing yard work or something like I do with some of my shirts that I have from different events. And and that's, that's fine. Uh, there's no concern about an implication of, of a qualification or certification or accreditation or any of those other things. Yeah, I think to some people from the outside, they may say we're getting into the weeds a little bit on this and that we are too protective or care too much or, you know, splitting hairs about, you know, the use of certification or accreditation or something like that. And I think the point really is that the word, you know, like the words matter. We've said that a lot this episode, but like there is meaning to what those words mean. There's definitions to what accreditation is and how we define accreditation and how the world defines accreditation and certification. And those mean things. So we have to use the words appropriately because we don't want to have an instance where someone's saying that they are AASHTO certified uh, their technicians, and then that gives someone an advantage, or they do something, and then something bad happens, right? And, and then a mistake is ha- mistakes happen. Like comes back to public safety, like that you know the infrastructure and the projects that our customers work on are really big deals, and they do play a role in public safety. And you know we don't want our name 
going farther saying, oh, well, they said they were Astro certified, so it should have been okay. It's like, that's not, that's not what we do. So, you know what I mean? So I think there's a larger thing, larger scale to that than some people may see at the surface. Yeah. And I don't think anything you said would surprise anyone who's been working with us for a while. I mean, we, we reside in the weeds. We are there. If you see the weeds and you look at them, there we are uh, talking about terminology, talking about the logos, talking about all these specific details because it's important to us and it's like it's good that we exist to to care about that thing so you can and and like everybody exists to care about their thing that they're involved in right and that's how systems work like it's important to have those people that care about uh when they don't care about them then things go awry and then you have non-optimal situations happening so so be glad that we are here to care about those things and to live in the weeds uh, so that you don't necessarily have to. You can see them. Like, we'll tell you about what's going on in the weeds, but you don't have to live there with us all the time. It's okay. I just have a picture of us, like, in a swamp with, like, tall, you know, cattails or something and just, like, hiding out. In the yeah, weeds. that's where we are. Yeah, You'll I just... That, right there. That is totally what I just have a feel. <laughs> like, in hunting gear trying to hide or something is yeah. what my, my mind immediately went to. Um, but is there any other things, or any other... Things that we missed that you want to make sure that we we get across. Any other points no, you want to talk I, about? I think we've belabored these points uh, pretty well. And if you made it through this, congratulations. I, I, yes. I salute you. Yes. If you have any questions about how you're using the Astro accredited logo or any questions if you're doing it right or you're just like, I don't want to get in trouble. Can you make sure that we are doing this right? Feel free to send your promotional materials and maybe you can send them directly to me at caseswanson at astroresource.org. But even your quality analyst might be able will be able to be like, oh, yep, that that looks right. Like we'll do a quick glance over like, oh, no, that wording is wrong. If you have your if you want your marketing department to call me to make sure that they are doing everything right, I speak marketing so I can translate <laughs> for them uh, if they have any questions about what our policy actually is. So you have a separate batch of weeds that you reside in. I do. Related I, to marketing. Okay. Communications. Yeah. My, I have a, a whole nother set of weeds, a whole other swamp of communication <laughs> and marketing. And then I have, you know, the technical construction materials side of my brain. Very much a swamp, I will say. Good to know. Um, so keep that in mind. If you have questions, reach out to Kim. And as always, we have this email address podcast at ashtoresource.org. If you want to give us feedback about our episodes or or give us an idea, or uh, if you want to be a guest and you have something you want to talk about, let us know. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resource's social media accounts or go to ashtoresource.org.